Hello, horror hunts. It's your girl, Meg, here with my British bestie. V, happy Pride Month, besties. Yes, happy Pride Month to anyone who celebrates. And if that makes you uncomfortable, then why are you listening to our podcast? Because we are definitely not 100% straight. (laughs) But long time no talk. We had a little bit of a break last week. Um, because V, what were you doing last week? I was in a field with no service listening to music. That sounds like a dream. You were at Slam Dunk, right? I was, yeah. It wasn't like the best Slam Dunk I've been to. Oh. Just because there was at there was fuck loads of traffic. Oh. Um, so we got in like probably an hour and a half later than we were supposed to when we Jeez. got there because of the size of traffic queues for food were long queues for the toilets were long the drinks were expensive didn't get any merchandise because the queues for the merchandise tent literally wrapped around themselves because it was that long the tents in the fields were packed with every stage you went to so yeah it was it was you know not what I thought it was going to be. Um, I got to see Scene Queen, though, who I've been really wanting to see for a bit. So that was best time ever. But yeah, saw Bowling for Soup. They weren't as great as I, you know, the last two times I saw them. Saw Offspring. We left, like, early because, one, we wanted to miss traffic. But, two, Offspring, just not what we thought it was going to be. Like, Wait, really? I love the Offspring. Yeah, like, I like their music and they were good. It was just the set we were there for, we did not pay attention to at all. Mm, mm. Been there at a concert, so I completely mm. understand. Um, I was also doing fun things while you were away. I was watching a lot of TV and movies and <laughs> buying tickets wait. to things. Wait, 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 wait. Have you caught up on Yellow Jackets? No. You're a slag. You're an absolute slag. Why have you not watched Yellow Jackets? Um, you hounded me to watch it. That's true. That's true. I know I did last year, but um, I'm about halfway through the season and somebody on TikTok spoiled probably the biggest spoiler for me. And I was actually going to watch it the next day, but I've kind of been a little butthurt since they spoiled it for me. Bitch, please, for the love of fucking Christ, catch up with it and watch it so we can cover it. I will do that for you just because it's Pride Month. Thank you. You're Otherwise, welcome. That'll be very homophobic no, of you. But fucking, I was on TikTok and I was planning on watching it the next day because I've been waiting to watch it because I'm watching it with Val. And so, fucking, I was scrolling on TikTok and it wasn't even like it was a picture. Of Thaisa's mm. face, young Thaisa, that said that feeling when, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody else who hasn't watched it, but it was like that feeling when you witness, and then they put in big bold letters what happened, and I was just like, okay, again, and I went to their profile, and they were a younger person, and we've talked about this, it's just like, you guys, if you're going to post something on the internet about an episode that just came out, Put fucking mm. a spoiler warning. Put a slide in front of it. I don't give a fuck what you do. 
But that honestly pissed me off so bad. I was like, okay. Well, you need to catch up with it because between season two and season three, there's going to be a bonus Mm. episode. Yeah, I saw that. So we need you to catch up so we can theorize. And also listen back to our old episode so we can listen to the theories we had so we can see if we were completely wrong or we were correct. Mm, that'll be fun yeah we should definitely do that absolutely (laughs) do we have any horror news for our listeners today i know that i have a little bit but what about you i have a couple have a little bit of a little couple um so robert eggers nasferatu remake has wrapped production so Mm. that's very exciting very exciting because obviously you know it's um big boy scar scar gonna be in it daddy so um, it's gonna be very exciting and um john carpenter has secretly returned to directing for a new tv series Ooh, okay tell me about that because i also have a piece of john carpenter news so horror fans have been waiting for john carpenter this is from the comicbook.com this is a bit of their article. I haven't fully screenshotted what it says, but so we've been waiting for John Carpenter to return to directing ever since he delivered his last feature film, The Ward, back in 2010, with the filmmaker re- revealing at Texas Frightmare that he helmed the new TV series, John Carpenter's Suburban Screams. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And actually, the piece of news that I had came out of the same convention, Texas Frightmare Weekend, which that would have been the only thing that I was ever interested in staying um, in Texas for. But um, there was a Q&A panel, obviously, probably from the same day that he was there um and told everybody about that but um somebody asked him like was keith david's childs inhabited by the thing at the end of the thing um 1982 or mcgrady and he said i've been sworn to secrecy okay because there may be i don't know if there will be there may be a thing too See, if he's saying shit like that, obviously, he's putting seeds in people's fucking minds. He's putting the little fucking seeds. Mm. Mm-hmm. The motherfucker. So are we about to witness a John Carpenter? Renaissance. Yes, renaissance. I would be down renaissance. for it. I know that you kind of have an issue with people making a part two so far from... The original, but what do you think about yes. that? Obviously, John Carpenter's involved with it. So I would hope, because he's going to, he's, you know, teasing it. Obviously, south from the sounds of it, he would be involved in it. It would be okay. However, I'm still going to reserve my right as a skeptical to, you know, it potentially being trash. <laughs> My thing is, is like, technically it could work if there was a whole new, like, onslaught of people that went down there maybe in modern day and the thing came to life. Um, Because I don't think that they're going to go back to the same people unless 
I don't know, it could be cool if like new people came in and then one of them was really old and was like, hey, mm. bitches, what's going on here with their guns <laughs> out? Put your finger guns away. (laughs) They're holstered. Um, But yeah, I think that could be cool. I'm down for anything that John Carpenter wants to give us. The one thing I would probably potentially want from it is an answer to the ending of the first one. Hopefully we get it, dude. Because I think potentially... That is what a lot of people would want out of this. I know it's something I want out of it because I'm mm. very curious to know if the thing was one of them or the thing was already gone. Bum bum. Bum bum. <laughs> What's your other piece of horror news, V? Konami Digital Entertainment have dropped a new trailer and info for the upcoming interactive streaming series coming later this year for Silent Hill Ascension. Now, Silent Hill Ascension is going to be following multiple main characters from locations around the world of torment by new and terrifying monsters in the world of Silent Hill. So it's kind of going to be like um, the Dark Pictures games, but the audience that is going to be watching the live stream will be the ones controlling the characters. Ooh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I I think very similar things have um, been tried before. And obviously we're going to get some people being absolute dickheads and basically going to be ruining the fun for people with this sort of thing. But hopefully, fingers crossed, everyone's gonna have loads of fun and we're gonna get a really interesting story from it because it's gonna be a one-time stream and that is it Ooh, okay so we shall see we shall see that's really cool that they're doing it not only is it interactive but it's like a one-time deal so that's just gonna drum up so many viewers so that is Mm -hmm. really fun but do you want to know what else is fun that drummed up a lot of viewers that i think got banned from tiktok (laughs) or not tiktok instagram what oh did you see the ghost face it was tiktok it, it was, was TikTok. TikTok. Okay, that's it what was I thought. TikTok. That is what I thought. Um, Ghostface yes. went live on TikTok and was doing things like ASMR with knives. ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> with <laughs> knives and just being like a general creep. And I think that they like shut down the live or something because it just went black. Oh, it was, yeah, it was supposed to go on for, I think, two hours. Yeah. And I think after half hour potentially around that time maybe between half hour to an hour it got shut it got closed because obviously yes they were doing asmr and we we know as an audience that this is not real obviously tiktoks and its algorithm can't determine whether or not it's real or not yeah so if they see like a fake gun or a fake knife sort of thing it gets shut down immediately which ruins the fun for you know horror fans because that was fucking hilarious that was so fucking funny like i've seen videos of it and i'm just like i love this but i also love like what they're doing post scream because there was a, a video that came out um where ghostface gave you um 
six rules for a night of deep sleep. It's on calm sleep stories, which is just so funny. And I love that they're doing this post the movie because it just gets people even more hyped for Scream 7. Absolutely. And it's very genius marketing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because definitely. They, with obviously Scream 6, they uh, well, Scream 5, technically, Scream 5. I'm doing air quotes because it's just called Scream. But Scream 5. They brought Scream into a whole new audience and modern mm-hmm. day. With Scream 6, they upped that even more. Yeah. So with them continuing using modern technology and basically doing this as like an advertisement for the Scream franchise, it's very clever. It's kind of like what um the megan team tried to do but it's kind of dipped off a bit whereas the scream team are basically like we know we're the shit so we're gonna keep doing this and people are gonna be talking about us ghostface (laughs) is eternal like it's never going to be the same it's a different person each time so essentially this could be the dawning of a new ghostface like doing these live streams and stuff so i think that it's really like not to be like an old person but it's really hip on the times you know what i'm saying it's just gonna be very sexy (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i had just a couple other things which is kind of shocking that i'm talking about this but it's worth mentioning that terrifier 3 is going to move forward and have a much bigger budget so Uh um terrifier 2 brought in uh, 15 million off of a $250,000 budget. Um, and it says right now that yeah. um, Terrifier 3 is going to come in with a $5 million budget. I mean, why? Like, this is this is the thing. Like, Terrifier started out small. Oh, yeah. The second one, big. And this third one is just going to be even bigger and gorier because they now have to up the gore ante. Mm from what Terrifier 2 had. And Terrifier 2 was much gorier than Terrifier, which was gory enough already. Are we going to see a fake blood shortage from Terrifier 3? Like the paint shortage from Barbie? Um, yes! <laughs> I'll probably watch Terrifier 2 sometime soon because I almost put it on the other day, but then I put on something different. And, like, I have to appreciate movies that, like, bring the jo- the genres forward. So, obviously, I'm going to watch it, but it's not going to be my favorite. You know what I'm saying? I already know that. I've already seen all the big kills and stuff, like, just on Twitter and things like that. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, but we should we should be happy and we should be proud that something that started out small and premiered, I think, on Shudder. Yeah. Has now grown into such a big movie franchise now. And the fact that they're going to do a third one with that even bigger budget just goes to show that a cult following for a film can turn into a widespread love. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that is amazing. Um, Going from All Hallows Eve being such a small part in that movie to getting its own feature film with no budget Mm -hmm. and, like, only a very select audience viewing it to having it just go crazy is pretty awesome so props to them yeah it's like eli roth's thanksgiving isn't it oh my god that is i'm gonna scream yeah it is so i'm i will watch it 
Will I watch it in theaters? Mm. Terrifier 3? Probably not. But I will be watching it. And V, I have a question for you. Go on. Will you be watching the sixth season of Black Mirror? Because it drops on June 15th. I will be watching it because I enjoy the Black Mirror series. It, obviously, it's been a massive break from the last series to this series. So it's going to be interesting to see what stories they're going to be telling this time. But yeah, I enjoy Black Mirror. There is five episodes that'll be dropping and you can go on Fangoria and find the whole article because I'm not going to read all of these. But the episodes are called Joan is Awful, starring Michael Sarah, Rob Delaney, Selma Hayek, Kay, Locke Henry, which it was filmed in Scotland and I'm pretty sure it's about the Locke. One that I will definitely be tuning into is called Beyond the Sea, starring Aaron Paul, Josh Hartnett, which is my motherfucking man, Kate Mara, and Rory Culkin. It's, I'm just very excited because this cast is even more stacked than the last one. We also have Maisie Day um, featuring Danny Ramirez and Demon 79. Dude, I'm excited. Me too, me too. As I said, I enjoy the Black Mirror series. Some of their episodes, though, like, fuck you up. Like, fuck you up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But you've got to remember that it's a commentary on what society could be. Like, it's showing you what could be the most fucked up thing humans can do. And it basically shows you that. It's like holding a mirror up to society in a way. Yeah. A black mirror. (laughs) But you want to know what I'm super excited to talk about today? What? Basket case. Yes. We're continuing our silly, goofy mood that we've just been in since we've came back from our extended break. And we're we're just covering basket case mainly and touching on the second and third film lightly because those are some stories strange features yeah i recently watched basket case um i say recently but it's probably been now five months or so and i just fell in love with these movies like i just think that they are something that everyone should watch and i don't feel like a lot of people have seen them or appreciate them it's it's again it's technically cast it's like a video nasty i would say like low budget it was you know shown at like midnight screening sort of thing which you know we know from um rocky horror picture show that's what it was mainly shown at was like midnight screenings um and grew a cult following so i think if more people saw it or even gave a chance to these sorts of low-budget films from, like, the 90s or 80s, you would completely appreciate a new type of horror film. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this was, oh, God, his name, his last name, I'm scared for this. Frank I would Hinnenloder. say Hinnenlutter. 
Yeah, Hennen Yeah. This was his uh, feature directorial debut. Um, it came out in 82. And um, it only had a budget of $35,000, which, I mean, in today's money might be a little bit more. But um, it was originally saw, shot on 16 millimeter. And since it's release um actually in 2017 moma so the museum of modern art preserved this um and oversaw them restoring it to the 16 millimeter which is pretty crazy that this was something that was restored by moma and like i said i've talked to people and i'm like have you watched basket case have you seen basket case and they're like i've heard about it but no this is what annoys me is a lot of people don't give older films a chance like yes i i'm a modern bitch i can admit that like i like a lot of modern horrors but there is so many good or strange horror films from like years ago like the 80s or 90s the 70s like the fact that some people who say they're fans of horror don't even give these horror films a chance is mm-hmm. absolutely insane to me because you're missing out on such bonkers material. Like the whole premise of Basket Case is so weird, but it works. It is. So we meet Dwayne, um, who is renting an apartment um, in New York City, right? Actual New York City. Like, yeah. they filmed this over a year because they kept running out of budget. But they filmed on location. <laughs> like, they made sure it was, like, the authentic old New York. Yeah, so Dwayne um, arrives in New York City and he gets, like... A really cheap, like, hotel slash apartment. And he lives down the hall from a sex worker. And this just, like, back then, that kind of, like, sets a whole vibe of, like, oh, I live down the hallway from a sex worker who actually ends up being a pretty main central player in this movie later on. But there's just something off about Dwayne. Like, he's kind of anxious and always looking over his shoulder and he's like pretty much carrying and talking to a wicker basket for a good majority of the movie. And the audience is kind of left like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, is he legitimately, yeah. like, out of his mind? Or, like, what's is going on Is he a basket here? case? Is he a basket case? Yes. Um, Siri play Green Day's basket case. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know what I was signing myself up for when I started watching this movie, but I'm so glad that I watched it. Oh, 100%. I, Kevin Van... I really cannot say his surname. Um, oh, no. Don't Cre- oh, I don't know. But Kevin's performance as Dwayne is so goofy. Uh, but oh, unsettling as well because he, he seems shifty. Yeah, he just seems like a guy that you don't want to trust. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he just seems weird, and he has all this cash, and you're just like, what's going on? And not only mm-hmm. that, but the movie literally intros with a doctor being f- scared shitless outside of his house, and, like, a shadowed creature, weird, morphy thing 
um, just cuts his power and then the doctor is killed. So you're kind of like, Dwayne, honey, what's going on here? Because the entire like first half of the movie, you're just like, what the fuck? A hundred percent. But we get in, we also get introduced to one of my personal favorite characters who did not get enough screen time at all in this film. Casey, paid like Beverly Bonner. She is just, I, I love her so much. I'm like, yes, yes, I adore you so much. And she looks out for Dwayne. She's she like, does. Be careful of your money. Be careful. Like, yeah, I'm here for you. Don't leave that out because like, like I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, she is a sex worker that lives down the hall from him. And um, she's genuinely trying to look out for Dwayne, um, which is nice and super sweet. And yeah, I think that she's probably like the heart of this movie, this particular movie, because she mm-hmm. does just want to do right by him because she kind of does get that vibe of like, what's going on here? And she gives him the advice to look out for his money, which he does not follow um, no. stupidly. <laughs> and somebody tries to and is successful in breaking into his room. Mm-hmm. Yes, but before we move on, Beverly Bonner, who plays Casey, loves the char- loved the character of Casey so much that she made a stage production of what happened to Casey 30 years later after Basket Case. Oh my god, I love her, what a queen. She is absolutely... And- I think because everyone adored Casey, she does have cameos in the second and third film, but also she appeared in Frank Heavenlotter's insane but fantastic film, Frankenhooker, as well, (laughs) which I think we need to cover at some point as well, because again, Frankenhooker is just an absolute strange concept, but I think it's a fantastic film. Yeah, that's really interesting that she, like, dedicated a time of her life to, like, create this stage show because, like I said, um, you can't watch Basket Case and not like Casey. Like, she's just no. such a wholesome character, which um, definitely, I think, is saying something for being shot in 82 and making a sex worker such a ray of light in a horror movie because normally you don't see that, so it kind of I'm sure kind of um, ruffled some feathers for people back in the 80s let's face it if you're going to watch basket case you can't be ruffled by anything from this film because it is absolutely insane what scene is insane is when Dwayne and Casey go out drinking right And Dwayne just becomes increasingly unhinged about this wicker basket. (laughs) They get so drunk and there's a running thing of like people asking Dwayne, what's in the basket? Like, what's in there? And they obviously get really drunk and Casey's just like, what is in the basket? And Dwayne just goes, my brother (laughs) they just piss themselves laughing they just like lose it which is insane because a little bit earlier i'm pretty sure we see that like while Dwayne is away (laughs) belial kind of goes crazy in the hotel room and the 
apartment dwellers don't know what the fuck is going on. And then it starts to make sense when they get drunk together. And he admits this. He admits, um, and they kind of give, like, a whole backstory to Dwayne in this moment that he was conjoined um, at birth with his brother, Belial. Good old Belial. Good old Belial. We aren't talking like, oh, Sarah Paulson and AHS freak show. We are talking like malignant style conjoined where there's one fully formed person and then attached to Dwayne's side was not a fully formed person and the people that were taking care of him um i think he it, w- it was his aunt actually had them separated so his aunt so his mother died in childbirth and his dad wanted nothing to do with Dwayne or Belial so the aunt took him in and raised him and Belial and loved them dearly so much oh yeah and that's when right. the aunt was out of town the dad brings in three doctors over to the aunt's house and is basically like, I want Dwayne to be a normal like person. So get rid of that thing that's attached to him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure this is what triggered both of their fears of doctors. But then yes. they just go like on a murderous rampage from here, which like, I get it. I get it. I understand. They had something that other people didn't have, and that was a weird telepathic relationship with each other where they could feel each other's feelings, and Dwayne could basically interpret what Belial was thinking and saying because Belial didn't talk. Uh, That's all he did. That's all he did was (laughs) just scream and yell, which I can relate to. So, like, also... Do we condone murdering here at Horror Hunts Podcast? No. Absolutely not. We do not. V, we don't. But... I mean, in some cases... Self-defense. Self-defense. Yeah. Okay. Of course the American would say a self-defense. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) Fuck off. In self-defense, yes. But for some reason, you just let whoever Belial murders, you just let it slide. Like, for me, I'm just like, he had reason. Like, I'm not saying that I accept that that's how he chose to take out his anger. But, like, I could see it. Yeah. They didn't want to be detached from each other. Like, Dwayne was quite happy to have Belial, you know, stuck to him forever. Obviously, the first person that Belial decides to kill is his dad. Mm, he has daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah. Root of it all is daddy issues. <laughs> but then obviously they they basically go on a revenge spree. This is what we see is a revenge spree. We see the three doctors that performed the surgery on them get killed off one by one. Obviously, in the first scene of Basket Case, we see that one of the doctors get killed. And then in the next one is the so there's two male doctors and one female doctor, which fuck her. Uh yeah. So the first doctor that is killed is Lifeland. Lifeland. We only see him for a short amount of time, so it doesn't really matter. The next one is Doctor Harold Needleman, that is killed, and to me he really looks like the shimmy. Oh my god. 
like he, I generally was like, is that is that is that no. Bushimi? It's is that? not no, Steve it's Lloyd Pace. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the actors in this film, in Basket Case, have only ever been in Basket Case. Like that's all their filmography is. Is this one film? Honestly, if I was in Basket Case, I'd be like, I'm hanging up the towel now. Nothing ever can top this. Exactly, exactly. But <laughs> the way Belial kills people. Oh my god. Especially in this one. In like the second and third one, it gets a bit, you know, more gory. Gruesome. Yeah, yeah. gory. But <laughs> gruesome. Because of how low the budget is for Basket Case, <laughs> you can't really tell how Belai was killing people. But he was killing them. He's killing them somehow because he's just like basically smothering them with his hand and scratching them. But you don't really know how they're dying. And if you haven't seen Basket Case, please at least just Google a picture of Belial. He literally looks like a piece of wadded up, already chewed gum with a weird face and weird gangly arms. Yeah, like T-Rex arms. Yeah, they're... <laughs> I heart Belial, but um, I'm sorry. You just brought up a really <laughs> good point that like the kills in this movie are so <laughs> silly. But there's one that was yeah. actually like kind of crazy when he went to kill, I think her name's Dr. Cutter. Yes. Which is very ironic. She's the only female doctor. He just like shoves. She's a veterinarian as well. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, excuse me. She is an animal doctor. <laughs> um, So he goes to her vet's office and like, plunges her face in like a thing full of sharps and that's how she dies <laughs> but the scream she did oh my god it's like one of the best horror screams i've ever heard yes like she was she was fucking rocking and rolling she was but like one of the things i do enjoy is for dr Cutterman, the the receptionist and you know one of her assistants were twins like, that is so interesting, considering technically Belial and Dwayne are twins. The fact that she did that to them, but then would have twins under her wing, under her vet's office, is so interesting and a very interesting parallel to Dwayne and Belial, to them. Yes, definitely. And I love that throughout this, also, you kind of see Dwayne shift his feelings toward Belial. A little bit because Dwayne is realizing that maybe Belial's holding him back. He has this love interest. I think her name is Sharon or Shannon. Sharon. Sharon, yeah. Played by Terry Susan Smith in yeah. a very bad wig. Oh, a horrible wig. But do you know why she was wearing a wig? Please tell me. Her head is completely shaved because she was in a punk band at the time. So she had to wear a wig oh. for the character. Oh my god, I love her. I love her. <laughs> um, but Belial is getting a little jealous of Dwayne's independence and freedom. Because he can't he can't boink. He don't he can't boink. He just wants the intimacy. Well sh- hold on to your bootstraps because the second movie <laughs> <laughs> That scene in the second film absolutely traumatized me. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, it traumatized me too. Um, but 
people that haven't seen the second one and they're like, what the fuck are they giggling about? <laughs> you need to just just watch it. Cause you just need just to watch horrific. these movies. Like they're it's all like so 90 horrific. minutes. They're all 90 minutes. It's horrific. Yeah, Shoot we'll touch. We're going to we're going to breeze past the second and third one. But what I'm saying is there is a very codependent relationship going on between yes. Dwayne and Belial. Because Belial can't really do anything for himself. He lives in a basket. Correct. And Dwayne's like, should I kill him? Should I just run away? Which is very different to the second film and what happens at the end of the second film. Oh, very much so. And (laughs) ultimately, um, Belial tries to assault Sharon. Also tries to assault Casey as well. Yes. um, Because he's just like, I want love. I want to feel these feelings. He wants to do the thing and the thing and the thing and a bang and a bang and a boom, boom, boom. He wants to do the thing. And I think that he's jealous that Dwayne's able to achieve some sort of life beyond Belial. And that becomes a, a plot point that brings us closer to the end of the movie. So Belial manages to escape and all of a sudden has glowing red eyes uh, for no reason. Absolutely, sir. Yes, go off. <laughs> you go those eyes, bitch. And <laughs> manages to get all the way to Sharon's apartment while Dwayne is asleep. And Dwayne's basically, as you said, he's like psychically connected to Belial. So he's dreaming and thinking that what he is dreaming is just a dream. But actually, he is seeing what Belial was doing and basically tries to R word. Sharon and ends up killing her. Oh, um, again, don't know how. Um, it's a very weird scene. Uh, I would say probably suffocation, maybe no breathing. He is quite literally sitting on these people's faces. Yeah, well, I think Belial was sitting on her private area. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just thinking about the times <laughs> he just like. He just like jumps on people's them. face. Yeah, he just like, <laughs> like grabs them. I don't, I don't even need to know. <laughs> uh, I don't think we want to know, you know. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, Dwayne is like, fuck this guy. Fuck this shit. I'm out. Puts him back in the basket and basically all the way back to their rented like hotel apartment room. It's like thrashing the basket all over the place, going. <laughs> basically like fuck you Belial how dare you you killed my love interest and as he's like walking in the hotel manager behind the desk is like what the fuck is going on and all the patrons that are in the hotel room follow him opens the door and Dwayne's like get out of here and then all of a sudden Belial jumps out of his basket and jumps on Dwayne's face and everyone's like this is fucking insane. Let's just close the door and leave it to them. <laughs> they're, they're literally like, not our problem. Not yeah. our problem. <laughs> exactly. But that causes these two brothers to, um, I don't know, fall out of their hotel window. Uh, yeah, and Belial's holding on to the fire escape ladders while wrapped with also his arm wrapped around Dwayne's neck, basically like a noose. Yeah, he's he's killing Dwayne, but not before they slip 
and come crashing to the ground and everybody freaks the absolute fuck out. I mean, I would have if I was one of those people in New York City and I'm just going about my business and then somebody and his odd brother falls to the ground and they're dead. I'm I'm going to be freaking the fuck out too. Uh, 100%. And obviously, at the end of the first one, it is assumed that they're dead. Yep, it's assumed that these two are goners. I mean, you're falling from, I don't even know how long, how far of a of a fall, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty good fall. It is, it is. And obviously, Frank Henenlotter wasn't planning on doing a sequel. That's just not his thing. He wasn't planning on doing it. But I think because Basket Case got such big love at midnight screenings, they got a budget, mm. a bigger budget for the second film. And they basically released Basket Taste 2 seven years later. I love Basket Case 2 so much. So we find out that um, these two motherfuckers are not dead. Okay. How the Somehow. fuck? Are these two not dead? But they're obviously like wanted fugitives because they killed these people and everybody's looking for them and they go to a house of Granny Ruth. And honestly, Granny Ruth is a real one. She's a G. She's a real G. I knew that she had her shit together when... They first got there, and she looks at Susan and goes, go get my x-ray machine out of the mothballs. It's like, ma'am, you have a fucking x-ray machine in this house? What's going on here? This, this, obviously when we first get introduced to her, we're kind of like, why is she taking an interest in Dwayne and Belial? A little sus, but, like, I loved it. Yeah, as we obviously get to know her more and see where she lives and who she looks after, it makes so much more sense as to why she has taken an interest in Dwayne and Belial. Because, obviously, she also knew Dwayne and Belial's aunt as well. Yes, so she is essentially a family friend, a friend of the aunt, and she takes care of people who are a little bit odd or peculiar. Her attic is, like, full of these people. And I loved seeing all of the different creatures that were created because, and we see a lot more of them in the third movie, but it was the one with the big teeth for me. Yes. I don't know what his name is, but I love him. There is, oh my god, what's his name? There's one that I think we see mainly in three. And I cannot for the life of me, hold on. I'm going to try and find the name of it because I am in love. But while I find that, have you seen Spy Kids? Yes. Don't the other people look like something out of Spy Kids? I don't remember Spy Kids. Oh, I'm so sorry that I failed you. Yeah, you have. I I have failed you. But while you're looking for that, I'll just go on because I know we're briefly touching on these. Obviously, since these two are like wanted murderers, there are people that are looking for them. And Granny Ruth is essentially like, we're going to hide you 
here while you're healing and we'll figure it out. Like you can stay with us, like you belong here. And she also goes and takes Belial to murder somebody who has a quote freak show and has created some sort of Belial <laughs> piece. Um, and she just lets Belial murder him. And this is where we see that Belial's a little bit more aggressive in this movie. And he has a totally different look, I think, than the first one. Yes. So their budget increased to, I think, 1.5 mil. Mm. So they redesigned Belial and he was actually now an animatronic. So that's why he looks so much more different and so much more alive than when we first saw him in Basket Case is because he's obviously been redone and he has gotten a makeover, basically. Yeah, I mean, they kind of both have. But we see this reporter, um, I think her name is Marcy, and her reporting team, like her editor or something, and her camera person, Artie, and Marcy finds them. She finds them with Granny Ruth because dumbass Dwayne just walks right in the fucking door. Like, howdy, y'all. And he's like, she didn't recognize me. And of course, she gets to the car and has like her full Gail Weathers moment where she's just like, oh my God, that was him. We got to sneak back into the house. And they do. And that does not turn out very well for them. No. I mean, anyone that entered that house, that were they're on bad intentions if they were haters haters get gone haters dead found dead in a ditch now what i really liked about this movie was i thought that the kills were number one like we said a lot more gruesome but they were almost more artsy that the camera flashes and the lighting during the kill of Artie, so amazing perfect like the the way also that they did that scene with Belial as well was just so good. And they have so more good. they have more to fight for in this movie because Belial has a love interest, Eve. Eve. And Dwayne also has a love interest in this movie. So they both almost Susan. Yeah, Susan. They both almost have something worth fighting for. So it kind of raises the stakes. And when Marcy comes back because she knows that Artie's been killed and her other team member has been killed, she does have like a very final girl moment to her when she like picks up that knife when they're all coming around her. And then she just fucks it up because she just immediately drops it. And I'm just like, girl, we had something going for us and you just completely crashed and burned. Absolutely. It's just, let's face it, there was never going to be a final girl in this film. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> Belial's taken her out just as he took out Eve's lady bits. Does she even have baby bits? Because, like, the design for Eve and Belial are very <laughs> weird. Like, how, 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 how? I, 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 I wanted to get into this with you <laughs> because I'm like... Belial and Eve have sex, and they're both pretty much like these blob creatures. And I'm like, he doesn't even have a penis. Like, we've seen him at every angle. And she's just like, they're getting it. Like, she... Um, Yeah. Hey, at least they both came. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, um... (laughs) 
as we see, Dwayne doesn't feel like he belongs here with Granny Ruth and the others. And he wants to leave. He wants to take Susan. Yeah, he, he you know, really wants Susan. So Susan's, you know, like, they, they're going to get down to some business. But she makes a confession. <laughs> She makes a very telling confession that's basically like, Dwayne, I'm not, I'm not a regular person. I belong here. Just as they're about to have sex because Dwayne can feel Belial having sex and Belial can feel that Dwayne is about to have sex. And then um, she drops a fucking bomb on Dwayne, bro. Like the biggest bomb that you could drop on somebody in that moment, I believe. Absolutely. She says that she's pregnant. And you're like, oh, okay, she's pregnant. But then she's like, I've been pregnant for, what, six years? Yeah, yeah, which is sounds like an absolute fucking nightmare to me. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we see this kind of, like, alien, alien. creature. Yes, burst out of her stomach, and she's like, oh. And then she pulls it out. And it's like, she's like, there he is. <laughs> there he is. Which I'm like, can you not just rip that motherfucker out at this point? Like... What's going on here? Absolutely. But Dwayne fucking is like, this is gross. Get away from me. I don't blame him in the slightest for being freaked the fuck out. Oh, absolutely not. That, it, it was just, oh, yeah, yeah, it, mm, it, <laughs> yeah, very weird. And um, while this is going on, um, the others and Granny Roof are having a party outside, like, like you know, outdoor picnic party whatever and susan ends up out of the window and falls straight onto the fucking table which is kind of funny because that's how they ended the first movie as well yes but it doesn't end there does it no it sure don't it sure don't no so Dwayne goes and gets Belial. Basically, Ruth, Granny Ruth and the others um, open the door to, I think, Susan's room. And there's Dwayne stitching back Belial onto his side. I'm so sorry, but I literally turned away from that scene. I don't know what it was about that scene, but I was just like, bro, no, I think- no. I- I think because you could actually see the agony on Belial. Like, Belial didn't want to be reattached. He was like, I just got an in. Like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, like, I just got some. You're ruining this for me. You're gonna deny me the pussy? Yeah, like, you're denying me so much good right now. So you see a flippin' Dwayne. And, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the movie. And I love that these movies recap, like... The entire previous movie, which is good, but we we end this movie with them being together again, and Granny yeah. Roof is like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> which, like, that's an appropriate statement. Uh huh. Hundred percent. What the fuck is going on? Our movie ends, and then we get Basket Case Three. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't like Basket Case 3. Oh, you don't? Because we don't really get that much Belial. Okay, you don't, which is fair. Basket Case 3, essentially, well, it opens with Dwayne coming out of 
a padded cell with a straitjacket, and you think that he's legitimately in a psych ward. But no, Granny Ruth just, like, fucking built this in her attic. I mean, what a champion for these unique individuals she is. Exactly. And, and as we see from this, she's also unattached um, Belial and Dwayne as well. Mm. Which, like, big ups to her for that because she knew Bilal didn't want that and Dwayne was just a little bit psychotic in that moment. Yeah. Bilal found Eve. He wanted to have a life with her. And we also find that Eve is pregnant. Oh, is she fucking pregnant? Oh, That's she... what this whole movie is about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do they do? While she's, like, actively in labor, they pack up all of these people into a school bus and drive to Uncle Hal's house to give birth to whatever Eve is about to give birth to. And let me just say, that whole time when they're on the bus, that big musical number that they did, fantastic. Amazing. I loved it. (laughs) I did not. Like, it's so unnecessary. Oh, you didn't? No, it's it was so, so unnecessary. Even um, the director, Frank, was like, you know, if, if a man adds a musical number into the third film, you know he's lost the fucking plot. Which, like, same, but, like, also it was just a fun time, I think, for them. Everybody was getting a little antsy, so they did a music number. And normally I'm not one for a music number, and you are. So my how the tables have turned. Mm. But thank God they got to Uncle Hal when they did, because Eve was ready to burst. She did burst. She quite literally did burst. And I think that her delivery scene was so good because of little Hal. Oh my God, little Hal, who we also find out is Granny Ruth's son that they previously touched on in Basket Case 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just absolutely loses his shit. Why, you ask? Because Eve gives birth to 12 fucking babies. 12 mini Belials. Goddamn. I'd want to kill myself if if that happened. It's, it's just such a weird fucking scene, let's face it. Like, the whole birthing scene... And the way they basically pulled out the little baby Belials from her stomach as though it was like a magic trick with the handkerchiefs, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, it was literally like they were doing a magic trick. But what was crazier is that the police knew that Belial potentially was there because of Dwayne. And what did the police do? They sneak in and fucking shoot and kill Eve and take her babies. Because there was a a million pound reward for Belial and they mistook Eve for Belial. And they're like, well, if we get all these baby Belials, we could get so much more money. So let's just kill this one. And bish bash bosh, done, sorted. Which then absolutely maddens the entire group. But also, Belial's like, what the fuck? Belial does his iconic screams, as he always does. <laughs> you know, so, and obviously Dwayne and him are still psychically connected, so Dwayne, in a prison cell, 
because we've glossed over that he's in a prison cell because he tries to get with like a girl and she's a bit freaky and she's like the daughter of like you know a policeman and the sheriff it's weird it's a weird situation but he feels his pain and then yeah yeah he knows that something is wrong and then the the police show up with all these baby belials and this girl kind of taunts Dwayne like, oh my god, this is going to be my little pet, Ooh. which is hilarious because basically they come out and um, they slaughter, Belial slaughters the entire police team except for the sheriff and the sheriff's daughter. She was murdered. So what does he want? He said, I'll trade you. Well, she she also, when she gets killed, she also squishes a baby Belial, so there is one less baby. Yes, which is sad. So not only have they killed, for Belial, they've killed his love interest, but they've also killed one of his kids. Yeah. Oof. Belial was going to And Belial's mental. pissed. So basically, he said, hey, I'll give you the babies if you give me Belial. And they make that switch, and I don't think that they should have. No, because... Dwayne and little Hal, little Hal, make a contraption yes. for Belial. Basically, a big old fucking claw. Now, this definitely he get he's giving me Ripley from Aliens, like the "Get away from her, you bitch!" like that contraption. Um, it's giving me that, and the sheriff thinks that he stands a chance, which he kind of gets a leg up on Belial. Also, considering Belial doesn't have any legs, but. <laughs> He gets <laughs> he gets a leg up on him, mm-hmm. and you really think that we're gonna see the end of Belial? But who saves him? V? Who saves Belial from this mean sheriff? Baby Belials. They love their papa. Yes, they do, and they just start attacking him, just how we've seen Belial attack people, just like clinging on and just clawing and they learn so fast. Eating. They they just. They grow up so fast, V. They do. They really do. They grow up so fast. (laughs) And at the end of this movie, we see that Granny Ruth doesn't want to hide these people anymore. She wants them to become part of society. And she busts into a talk show where it's the freaks and the women who love them. And what do they do? They quite literally crash the set and they're like, hey, bitches, we're here. We're queer. We're here, queer and ready to bar- party. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. And then yeah, that is basically the end of Basket Case trilogy. Yeah, and I personally think that this is a set of movies that started off going one way and they kind of derailed um but like i'm not mad at it and also for the reception um of the third movie variety said that um it's mix of overacting cartoon color scheme and heavy-handed message regarding the tolerance is tough to take for the uninitiated and then it also went on to say it is far from his best film, but it's a lot of fun. All three of these films are a lot of fun. Like, personally, three is my least favourite. But I'm not saying it's, like, bad. I'm just saying now of all three of them, it's not my favourite. They have, like, really cool moments of, like, the kills in two and three. Yeah. They're a little bit more um, heavy, um, which I appreciate. Um, but they're also just so silly, goofy, like, off-the-cuff. And, you know, 
this was inspired by something else, which inspired something else, which inspired something else, which inspired Malignant, obviously. Um, but, like, it's just worth a viewing. Like, I think they're all 90 minutes or so. Like, just take a, a weekend day and watch them all. Yeah. We talk about a lot of, like, l- about loving short movies and... You know, these are free short movies that you can easily bash out in one day. And they're not like super over the top heavy topics. Like they're just that. And that's what I love about like 80s horror is like most of them, they're just like silly. And when you're sitting down and don't want to think about anything, you can just put something like this on and just have a have a good time. Go along for the ride. Yeah. Have a silly, goofy, fun time, which is what we're doing, obviously. Obviously. But yeah, um, we're gonna have a silly goofy time in August mm. together. Mm. As I'm flying to mm. Europe. Mm. We'll have something special planned, I'm sure, for when I'm there. We hope. <laughs> Some sort of weird episode or video. I don't know. But um yeah, I'm excited for these next few months until we get to meet each other because our topics that we have been talking about have been good. So I'm excited to see where we can go. Me too. And, you know, as it's Pride Month, I think the next couple of episodes we will plan will be um, gay, queer, gay. 100% <laughs> gay. Like, it's going to be the gayest time ever. So um, we're not sure what yet, but just expected to be gay. <laughs> yep. We're here, queer, and ready to party. And honestly, if I had to say anything about these Basket Case movies, I would honestly say I think Dwayne might be a little gay. But that's just me. Oh, they're 100% camp. Like, let's face it. Like, there is not, there's nothing straight about these films. No, there's a little gay in them all. Yeah. But V, do you, do you have any final thoughts for today's episode? Um forgive Belial for all his crimes he's, he's just a silly goofy little man free Belial free Belial free Belial